Well, good morning, Thrive Church. I'm glad that you are here this morning. My name is Pastor Sheldon Miles. I'm the lead pastor of this great church. Man, we got a great crowd here this morning. We are glad that you are worshiping with us. And I want to welcome all those in the, in the 715 area code who are watching us online. We're so glad that you're, you're connecting with us. Do us a favor, just can make a comment in the comment uh, section and tell us that you're out there. We're glad that you're with us this morning. I just want to give a shout out to the couple that uh, shared with you, Brandon and Rachel Powell, good friends of ours. We ministered with them when they were in Green Bay and we were in De Pere. And man, they are just, they are just so down to earth and so loving and so caring and compassionate about what God is doing in and through their lives. And if you are here today, and we want you to know we support them as a church, whether you know this or not, we already support them on a monthly basis. But if you would like to bless, the, bless their ministry, I encourage you to do that. Uh, you can uh, bless them financially by writing that on the Powell family or Go Powell. A go, go pal family, right? And uh, just put that on an offering envelope or you can also give online towards their ministry. And I uh, want to make sure that you, you do that. Uh, and they're doing a great work, excited about what God has been doing here. Uh, also, I, this is, you may have noticed there's a lot going on. This is one of the busy seasons for the church, okay? And I just want you to know, just listen to me. This is the time of year. If you go through the supermarkets, you'll see the magazines, and you'll see the covers are always kind of Jesus-focused. Is, is Jesus really out there? Is Jesus really real? You'll see a lot of that. You'll see a lot of shows on TV asking those questions. This is the time of year people are asking questions. And statistics say that this is the time of year people are most open to accept an invitation. So we got a lot of invitations. Next Sunday is Palm Sunday. I want to encourage you. We're going to be talking about the resurrection. We're going to talk about the cross of Jesus. And then on Easter Sunday, we're going to talk about the resurrection and what that means. Now, you know what that means, but you have a lot of, and you know that when you discover what that meant, it changed your life. So I want to encourage you to be inviting some friends out for that special event. So we, we've been in a sermon series. I'm going to get right into it today uh, called Influence. And I would encourage you to follow along in your, in your sermon notes. You get so much more out of it uh, when you follow along in the sermon notes. Talking about influence. What is influence? What is my influence? And we've, we've defined it as this. It is the capacity to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior of someone or something or, or the effect itself. Okay? So you are, each and every day that you go outside your doors, you're having an effect on people. You're having an effect of people in your house, in your workplace, in your neighborhood. You're affecting people with your life, with your actions, with your attitudes, with your abilities each and every day. Do you realize this, that God has given each and every one of you a spiritual gift? God has given you a spiritual gift, and you have the ability to influence people with your spiritual gifts. When I, what do I mean by spiritual gifts? So, so we had Micah on here on the drums. Didn't Micah do an awesome job on the drums this morning? Now, I don't, I don't know exactly what his spiritual gifts are, but I know one of them is music. He is super, super talented musician. Me, not so much. You will not catch me behind that drum set, especially on a Sunday morning. You know why? Because I don't have that spiritual gift. But, but Micah this morning, 
he used his influence, his abilities to influence you into a place of worship, into a place of worship. And so he has that influence. So we have influence with our relationships, our friends, our coworkers. Last week, we talked about how we are going to be as a church, our, our, I call it our missional methodology. In other words, what it, how are we going to how are we going to lead people to become life-giving followers of Jesus? And we talked about we are going to bless people. We're going to be people of blessing. In fact, we even use a, a, a study of, of people missionaries in Thailand, and they had to, uh, they had the converters and they had the people who bless people. And the people who bless people in the country of Thailand, they had more success. And I know you too, that's exactly what you're doing in the country of Thailand. So we have these two outreaches coming up. Extravaganza, man, I'm, I, you see my tail wagging. I don't know if you notice my tail's wagging. I'm excited about extravaganza the day before Easter that we are gonna bless our community. And then just a few weeks later, I don't know if you know this, but we are, we are here in front. I work with the fire department, work with the police department. There are people who are struggling mentally and emotionally because of the effects of the things that have happened in these past few years. And we, we came up with this idea, how can we bless our community? We're gonna open up the doors of our church for an art show. We're gonna have an art show and we're gonna let artists from all around the community come in and display their art, art with a theme. And that theme is gonna address people, I don't know if you know this, but May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And we're gonna bless people as they come into the doors of our church. That's what we're gonna do. And so we're gonna use our influence to lead people to become life-giving followers of Jesus. And I want you to know, as Christ followers, you have been created for influence. But the question is, what are you doing with your influence? You know, there was a study done by this, by this man, Tom Gilovich, and he interviewed people, interviewed people who are at end-of-life stages, and he asked them, what is, what is your biggest regret? The biggest regret of your, you look back in your life, what was your biggest regret? And 16% of the people who answered that question, they talked about an action that they did. In other words, I regret when I did this. I just, I look back and I just, oh, I just wasn't the right decision. 16%, I just wish I would have done that better. I wish I wouldn't have done that. 84% of the people who said that they had regrets, regret things that they did not do. They did not use the influence that God gave them to impact their world. In Matthew 5, 13, we've been talking about this, that God has given you, each and every one of you, influence. And I got some illustrations here this morning that Jesus says in verse 13, he says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the iodized salt of the earth, and I don't know if you know, know this, but, but there, we have a plethora. I never say plethora, but that's how much we have. We have a plethora of salt in, in the ground and, and, and all over the world. We just have a, a ton of salt, and, and, and Jesus says, you, you are the salt of the earth, and what does salt do? It has an effect. When salt is out and on, on food, it has an effect on it. That's what we're supposed to do. It influences your taste bud. It has, it has it flavor enhancers. Now, 
somebody told me this, I could use this illustration. This, this, this is what we are. We are. You are the, uh, the salt shakers of the earth. Just look at your neighbor and say, man, you are just a fine looking salt shaker. <laughs> just, man, you are just a salt shaker. We, we, man, you just, whew, you're really good. And a salt shaker has just really one task. It's to, we got one of these fancy smancy ones. I mean, we went, this has got Amazon. Michelle got this from Amazon. You shake it and it, it does salt. But, but, it, but you know this, as salt, it just, if it's just sitting there and it doesn't get out, somebody told me this. A salt shaker where the salt is not getting out, and even though it has just a ton to replenish it, a salt shaker that is not getting the salt out is just a mere table ornament. For some reason, that really struck a chord in me years ago when I heard that. Because I don't want to be a table ornament. The church is not supposed to be a table ornament. That what, what God has placed inside of us Designed to get out and affect and influence the world around us. But okay, so he, he goes a little bit deeper here. He says, You are the light of the world. Make sure I get this on right. You are the, I love this headlamp. Got it at Costco here a few years ago. This is a great headlamp. Am I looking good in my headlamp? He says, You are the light of the earth. I'm sorry, is that a little too bright for you? Let me dim it down here. You know, check out this light. I got this little. You can go red, you can go green. I mean, it's, it's got everything. He said, so he says, you are the light of the world. This is, this is what you look like spiritually. I, some of you be like, oh, I'm not doing this justice, am I? But, but you're, you're, the, you're the light of the world. You're like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Everyone who's in the dark. Because that's, that's, where, that's where light has its greatest effect. I'll try to turn it up here. Light within light is, yeah, you really don't stand out. It really is not making a difference. But light in darkness, light invades the darkness. Light conquers darkness. And that light within us that God has placed within us is not to be kept to ourselves. This is, this is keeping it to ourselves here. I look more like a doorknob right now. <laughs> I guess the message right here is don't be a doorknob. <laughs> Shine your light. You are the light of the world. Don't hide it. He says here in verse 16, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out. Let your influence shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Let me just say, can I just be blunt? This is one of those really blunt messages, okay? So if you don't like blunt messages, just da, 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 except don't do the da-da part. It is a sin. It is a sin for you to keep this salt to yourself. It is a sin for the salt to not come out of your life. Let me say that it is, it is a sin for you to keep the light that God has put in you to keep it to yourself. James tells us, as the brother of Jesus, that those who know that the things that they should do and they don't do it, that is a sin. You, listen to me, you are created for influence. 
You're created for influence. And the goal of all of us is to leave a legacy. That's what those people who did that survey, that's what they were talking about. They feel like I didn't do enough to leave a legacy. We want to leave a legacy impact. What is that? The, that a legacy impact is this. It's the, impact, it's the impact you leave behind when you're gone. It's what lives on after you die. That's the purpose. Do you, do you realize this church, not this church building, but Thrive Church has been in existence for over 108 years. There have been multiple pastors who have come from out of this church. You know why? Because they were influenced by the ministry of this church. I've met several of them. There are multiple missionaries who have come out of the ministry, the influence of this church. I think one of, we have just one of our solid pillar members who is with us this morning, Betty Zawinski, who is sitting in the back. 101 years old. Sitting next to her granddaughter who is here from out of town. Her granddaughter introduced herself to me this morning. If I can, if I can just say this. Share with me just quickly this morning. I know Jesus because of Betty's influence on my life. Influence. You have been created for influence. The question is, is not if you will leave a legacy because everyone, every person of us will leave a legacy. The question is, what kind of legacy are you going to leave? Do you know, when you look at a tombstone, there's many markings that are gonna be on a, that are on a tombstone. Do you know what the most important marking is on a tombstone? Maybe you've heard this before. It's called the dash. You know what the dash is? The dash is that thing, that symbol that is between the day that you were born and then it takes the date that you passed away. The dash says so much. The dash is, is the message. It, it, it's your influence on the world that happens in the dash. It's the legacy that you leave behind. Leg listen to this. Legacy impact is a result of your influence investment today. I know I just said a lot there. Legacy impact is a result of your influence investment today. So when you invest something, you expend money with the expectation of some kind of return. So farmers, they're coming up on that time of year where they're going to invest into a lot of seed and fertilizer and gasoline and all those things to get, they're gonna invest into all these things financially and they're gonna put all that, that time and energy to put it into the ground. But what they're doing is they're investing. They're investing because they believe as, as they do this work, as they keep investing, that there's gonna be harvest. There's gonna be harvest. And that to me is the work of the church. We invest. We invest in people like Rachel and Brandon Powell. We invest in their ministry. We invest in all these other missionaries throughout the world because we believe there's going to be a return, that lives are going to be changed in Jesus' name. In Matthew 25, 30, 14 through 30, Jesus tells a parable, and this is where like Jesus really, he tells a parable that is very challenging. It's called, I call it the parable of the investors. 
And he talks about the importance of us living our lives as investors, using the influence that God has given to us. And he says this in verse 14. He says, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. So let me just stop here real quick. Jesus will often start a parable with those words. The kingdom of heaven is like this. What is he trying to say? What he's trying to tell us is, he's saying, there is man's way of looking at everything that's happened in the world, but then there's God's way. And what he's trying to say, I'm gonna tell you a story, I'm gonna tell you a parable so you understand how God thinks. We know how we think, right? This is how God thinks. So listen to this story. This morning I'm gonna talk about He says, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. I want to talk about investment principles for legacy impact. This morning, I challenge you, encourage you, implore you to take these these investment principles and own them. These investment principles, what do I do with my influence? Listen to me this morning. Number one, investment principle number one for legacy impact, understand you are a steward of your given influence. You are a steward. What is a steward? A steward is someone who has been put in charge of somebody else's property. How many, anybody here work in a factory? You work for a company? You sit at, you go into somebody's place a business that you do not own, somebody else owns that. You maybe run a machine, you don't own that machine, you simply work that machine, you're in charge of maintaining that machine, you are a steward in your workplace. Well, so it is, Jesus is telling us, you are a steward. All that you possess in this life, is all that's most valuable to you, all of your influence, it's not yours, it's God's. I'm telling you, there is so much freedom that will enter your life when you grasp this principle. All that I have, my breath, my life, my possessions, all of it, it's not mine, it's God's, my influence. Jesus says this, Matthew 25, 14 through 15. He said he called together, he's telling a story, he called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver, influence, okay? When I'm talking about money here, but I understand that he's talking about your influence, all that you possess. He's just using money as an illustration, okay? Five bags of, of, of silver, influence to one. Two bags of silver, influence to another. And one bag of silver, influence to the last. Divided it in proportion to their abilities, He then left on his trip. Understand, God has blessed each and every one of you. Some of you are high up in a company. Some of you are are in in, in certain locations in your community. God, God has it divided up. He's given you influence. He's given you abilities. He's given you giftings according to, to your abilities. God has got it all worked out. And so he refers to us in this passage here, he refers to us as this thing called a servant. A servant. A servant is a steward. Remember we talked about steward? A a servant is somebody who is fully submitted to the owner's leadership. 
fully submitted, heart, soul, mind. You don't just do things because you have to. You do things because your master has asked you to, and you want to please your servant. A servant is a steward. This is all that they have belongs to the owner. They understand that principle. They live for the mission of the owner. A servant lives for the mission of the owner. And so the owner then gives according to their abilities, each one of them. And their responsibility is to carefully use what has been entrusted to them to invest into the owner's mission. Well, what is, the, what is God's mission? If you don't know this this morning, it's not in your notes. But Luke 19.10, Jesus tells us what his mission is. Jesus says, for the Son of Man, talking about himself, I, I came to seek and to save the lost. So if you ever want to know what the mission of God is, it is to seek and to save the lost. We'll talk more about that when we come up to Easter next Sunday and the Sunday after. What does that mean? So investment principles. We're talking about investment, investment principles for legacy impact. Number one, you are a steward of your given influence. The influence you have is given to you by God. Number two, you are blessed to invest. How do you like that rhyme there? You are blessed to invest. Just look at your neighbor right now and say, you are so blessed to invest. All of the blessings in your, is there any blessed people here, by the way? Just raise your hand. All the blessed people, raise your hand this morning. Some of you wanted to clap there because you're just doubly blessed. All of the blessings in your life, your health, your abilities, your time, your treasures, your home, your car, your job, your position, your assets, your influence, these are all blessings of God. Understand you are blessed. And the purpose of your blessings, listen to me, the purpose, there's twofold, twofold blessings, two purpose for your blessings. Number one, God wants to bless you. God loves to bless his children. God loves to pour out his blessing. But number two, one of the reasons for your blessings is for your mission benefit. To use, God wants to bless you so that you can take the blessings that he has given to you. Remember, the blessings God has given to you, and he wants you to invest in the world around you so that you can invest. That's what an investor does. An investor an investor is one who puts money into financial plans, property, with the expectation of achieving a profit. Now, just we, we have a, a financial manager that Michelle and I work through, and, 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 and we're putting money away for retirement, okay? Anybody else have a financial planner, kind of a financial plan that you're working with? And what that person does is they are, t we're, we're, we send them money, our money, well, it's God's money, we send them God's money, and they, and they find stocks, and they're putting them in, in stocks. It's just kind of a, you know, just, that's what we do. If you had a financial planner and you were doing that, and you were coming up on retirement, and you sat, sit down with your financial planner, and you, and you say, hey, can you tell me about how this is going? And, and they say, wow, we just kind of kept it to ourselves. How many of you would be a little disappointed in that financial plan? That is just not a wise financial plan. Listen to this, what happened here. It says here in verse 16 and 18, the servant who received the five bags of silver of influence, they began to invest the money and earn five more. They invested and they received a return. 
The servant with two bags of silver of influence also went to work and earned two more. He invested and received a return. But the servant who received the one bag of silver of influence, he dug a hole and he hid the master's money in the ground. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, there's so much there, so much that you had to pour out. Why, Why would you just hide it? Why would you pour it into the ground? Again, wouldn't you ask that financial planner, what? I, I, I gave you, I kept feeding you all that money and, and you didn't do it? Yeah, yeah, well, I, I, this was the financial plan. I, I hid it. I hid it in a lockbox in the safe because I was afraid that nothing, nothing would come of it. I was afraid. God has blessed you. God has blessed you not to play it safe. That's exactly what this man did. He played it safe. God's blessings on your life are not for you to play it safe, but to play faith, to walk in faith. He calls you to invest your influence in your world, in the 715. That's what we're called to do as a church. I just want you to know we're not going to play it safe. Thrive Church, we are not going to play it safe. Investment principles for a legacy impact. Number one, you are a steward of your given influence. Number two, you are blessed to invest. Number three, you are accountable. You're accountable. To be accountable means that we have to give an account for what we did with what we were given. So when I was growing up, my first job was I had a paper route. Anybody, any paper boy, paper girls out there? I, I, I got to do the paper route after school, but I was not only in charge of delivering papers, but I was in, once a week, I had to go around on my Saturday mornings and I would drop off the paper, I'd have to ring, ring the doorbell, and I would have to collect what was owed to me, and I'd have to stamp their, their little card, and I kept track of the money, and, and I'd have to I'd keep the, the money in this bag, and then at once a month then, the representative who took care of all the paper boys, he would come visit our house. And I would have to go get that money bag and we would have to go through that money. I had to give an account of what was given to me. I had to give an account for that. I don't know if you realize this. If you, if you look in your sermon notes this morning, we, we've been doing this here on a regular basis, but we do this once a month. We give an account of the giving that you give to the church. We give an account of how much comes in that month and how much goes out. And if any time you ever have any questions about that, you want more details, we, we would love to help you. But, but that's to give an account. And one day... Each and every one of us will give an account. Let me read this for you. It says, after a long time, their master returned from his trip and he called them to give an account of how they used his money, how they used the influence that God gave them. I want you to know this one day, and this is is a whole nother sermon, but one day, listen to me, each and every one of you, you will stand before God and we will give account, give an account of what we did with what was given to you. God will say to you, that influence I gave to you, what did you do with the influence I gave to you in your neighborhood, 
in your workplace, in your life? What, what did you do with what I gave to you? Moving along quickly here, investment principles for legacy impact. You are a steward of your given influence. Number two, you are blessed to invest. Number three, you are accountable. And number four, your response matters. How you respond to this challenge, it matters to God. You ever wondered, what is the win? What, what is the win and what is failure to God? And again, Jesus talks about, he says, the kingdom of God is like this. And I want you to notice in these next few passages, I want you to see where there's excitement and I want you to see where there might be a little frustration. What is the win and what is, ah. Jesus makes it clear what losing looks like in the eyes of God. In no other parable does Jesus so speak so straight. Don't you just love it? Sometimes people just need to speak straight to get the point. Listen to the response from the servant who played it safe. He says this. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money your influence. So I hid it in the earth. I kept all that influence that you gave to me. I just, I just didn't, I, didn't I, I played it safe. I didn't want to lose my salvation, so I didn't want to go talk to my neighbors. You know what sinners my, my neighbors are. You, you know that guy in the workplace. You know what kind of language he uses. I, I'm just going to play it safe. I'm going to play it safe. And he hid it. But then he said, but here's your money. I give it back. He kept it to himself. Why? Because he was afraid. Here's why we get afraid sometimes to use the influence that God has given to us. Here's what I've discovered. We become afraid of what others think. We become more concerned about what others think than about their eternity in heaven. We become afraid. We, be, we become afraid that we will lose what we have, that, that this salvation that God has given to me. I'm just afraid if I, if I talk to sinners, I'll become a sinner. I don't, I don't want to be a sinner no more. I don't want to be that. So I, I'm just going to play it safe. I'm going to stay in my house. I'm going to stay in my own zone and just let them worry about it themselves. God never called us to play it safe. We're afraid that we won't have enough that when we go and we do talk to them, that I won't have enough to say. I won't know what to say. So why take the risk? I can just play it safe. I know that I'm saved and why I'm saved. So why take the risk? Listen to the response of the master. Verse 26 through 27, but the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops, I didn't plant and gather crops, I didn't cultivate, why didn't you invest my money, my, your influence in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. You know, what the, you know what the master is doing right here? The master is holding the servant accountable. Accountable. Jesus, again, if he gives us these illustrations, I understand that we will be held accountable. He says, you didn't do anything for the kingdom by keeping it to yourself. 
You are only thinking of yourself. There is, listen to me, there is no room for selfishness when you are a servant of the king. I'm gonna say that one more time. When you're a servant of the king, there is no room for selfishness with the influence God has given you. Am I like really like stepping on toes this morning? Like when you look through the gospels and you see Jesus speaking so clearly on such a subject, then Jesus said this, he finishes this story. Then he ordered, take the money, take the influence from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will have abundance. So what God does is say, listen, you know, I'm gonna give to those. Sometimes you wonder, like, why did this person, why, why did it just seem like they just have so much influence? I just wonder if it's this principle right here. God says, you know what, that person who's, who's gonna play it safe, you know what, I'm just gonna take their influence and I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna give it to the one who's playing, playing by faith. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna use them. I'm, go- I'm gonna invest in them. Verse 30, but from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Man, that's heavy. That's heavy. But that's why we, when we talk about this thing called influence that God has given to you, you are a steward of it. And the influence is not to stay for ourselves. It's not to just come and, and, and shine it in the church. Well, that's great. But where our influence shines the brightest is in the darkness. So what is our influence strategy? What do we, what do, we do as a church? How can we help you with, with your influence? And we have this thing, if you're new here, we, we have this, this program called the Growth Track. And it's kind of a membership program, but it's also a way for, for you to get on the same page of where we are at at Thrive Church. And in this growth track, it's starting today. We do this once a month. We do 101 on the first Sunday of the month, 201 the second Sunday, 301 the third Sunday, 401 the, the fourth Sunday of the month for just one hour after the service. And what are, we, what are we trying to do? Here's what we're trying to do with this grow track. We want to help you discover your influence giftings. We, 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 we're going to talk to you about the spiritual gifts that God has given to each and every one. A lot of people don't know what their giftings are. You have a spiritual gift. Mine is not on that drum set. What is your, do you know what your spiritual gift is this morning? Because that's the instrument that God wants to use for you to influence your world. You need to know what your gift is. Number two, we, wanna, we want to equip you on how you can grow in your influence. Do you know that each time that you pursue God on a, on a daily basis with God, God begins to grow your influence. And then third, we want to we put you in position for your influence to serve. The best way for your influence to get out there is for you to serve. And we here at Thrive Church, we have this thing that we call the serve team. And I want you to know it is a privilege to be on the serve team at Thrive Church. These are the ones who make the church happen. It's not a pastor. It's a team. It's a team project. People operating in their gifting. I can't play the guitar. Don't get me on a guitar. That's not my gifting. But we have a team of people serving the 715 area code 
using their influence to change the destiny of people's world. Investment principles for a legacy impact. You are a steward of your given influence. You are a steward. It's not yours. God gave it to you. You are blessed by God to invest. It's not for yourself. Yeah, part of it. But you're blessed to invest. You are accountable. With all that God has given you, you will be accountable. What did you do with the influence I gave you? Number three, your response, how you respond to your influence, it matters. So where do I go from here? Where do I go from here? I want to challenge the church to go into the 715 and use the influence that God has given to you. We put this sign out each and every week. We take this seriously. Each and every week, you'll, you'll walk out, you walk into the church and we say welcome and we turn the sign around. You are now entering your mission field. That light that God has given to you, let it shine. Don't hide it. Don't keep it to yourself. Let that light shine. That salt that God pours into you, let it get out. Don't be content with being a table ornament. So if you're here today and you say, Pastor, listen, I understand you. God has given me influence and I want to be a legacy investor. We you raise your hand? I want this life to matter. No regrets. No regrets. I'm going to shine my light. I'm going to shake the salt. I'm going to get it out. This Jesus in me is going to get out in the world I live. In Jesus' name, can I pray for you? Missionaries and ministers all around this room, that's what you're saying. I want to be a missionary and a minister in Jesus' name. I pray for all those hands that are raised. I just pray a special anointing on each and every one of them. God, I pray that you would use these vessels of influence to impact the 715. In Jesus' name, lives changed in Jesus' name. I want to ask you this question before you leave this morning, talking to those who are online. Have you allowed Jesus to influence you? Have you invited Jesus into your life to be your Lord and Savior? If you've not done that, and you're just feeling like this tug in your heart, that's the Holy Spirit. God wants to come and live inside of you. And that's what he does. He wants to forgive you of your sins. He wants to make you a new person. If you would like to make that commitment to Jesus today, you would like to invite him into your life, we just, everyone bow your heads and just pray with me this prayer. Just say, God, I need you. I say this every Sunday. I say this every day. God, I need you. Lord, I need you in my life. I'm inviting you to come and live inside of me to be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Mold me and shape me into the person you've called me to be. I choose today to follow you. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Let's just give God a shout out this morning. Give him a shout out. Thank you, God.